Welcome to this week's episode of the Courage Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, the two-time, two-time. That's right. I am the greatest thing going, the best thing breathing. Who needs sliced bread? Because I'm in the house. It is I, your commentator of the year, two years running. It is I, Clowny Jim. And I am actually joined by my co-host of Courage Pro Wrestling Faithful. He is in the house joining me right now. I want to welcome the Mize. What is shaking, everybody? I am everybody's favorite fabulous furball, the Mize. And I happen to go to stand-up comedian soccer ball skits. Not just because, you know, the routine's back and forth, but because I get a kick out of it. Boom. How you doing today, my friend? I can't complain, really. Uh, I made a... Decent trip out just to, you know, get out, grab essentials, kill two birds with one stone, uh, still playing the video games and everything, and uh, more or less just taking down notes for doing our recent um, our recent project, uh, the DC Animated Creature Feature Podcast, where we go about the details, our enjoyment, like opinions, and uh, just overall uh, fun little skits and questions that we happen to ask for this podcast. You can uh, tune in each Saturday as we'll be continuing on. It'll drop at 4.20 uh, p.m. Uh, next one we're doing is the Justice League War movie. So that's exciting. I'm really excited for that. Uh, me too, actually. Depending on what time you and I wrap up with this intro, you know, I, I'm a few drinks in. I'm a few bowls in. I might even turn that movie on tonight and give it a watch some- well, it's a great idea to do. Uh, I just grabbed myself a couple of Heinekens while I was out in the uh, area. So, well, I guess that's three birds with one stone. So I'll be able Excellent. to pick that. Yeah. Excellent choice. I, I, I know you're not much of a uh, drinker yourself, but I know whenever I ever had Heineken in the fridge, you were never one to turn it down. No. I, shit's like apple juice to an infant, you know? You just got to have it. <laughs> Uh, you know, that is something I am going to miss if this summer doesn't kick up. Uh, uh, I know Mama Clowney, who just celebrated her birthday, was saying that when things pick back up, she's going to have one of her uh, backyard blowout parties where we celebrate every holiday that has been missed due to this bullshit pandemic. So we got to make sure you're there, sir, because I know one thing I'm going to miss this summer if we don't get it is you and I at least sharing a beer on a hot day. Yeah, it's uh, fantastic to do, especially since uh, I think we did a couple of pay-per-views outside, uh, outside on the um, back deck there. Oh, dude, and those were awesome. Yeah, it was a fantastic idea. It was really nice of her to have us over so we could do that. Uh, it was just a pleasant evening overall, and the weather was great for it. I really enjoyed that summer. I think it was, I think it was 2016, roughly around Money in the Bank time or some shit. That I remember... Cool. Uh... Yeah, the, the SummerSlam where Finn Balor took on Seth Rollins for the Universal title. Oh, yeah, that was it. Uh, my buddy Dave, uh, Big Nasty Cox. Uh, I'm not sure if he's listening. He's actually an English teacher in China, and he stayed over there during all this. So, Dave, if you're listening, buddy, we miss you. Uh, I went to NXT TakeOver with the guy. We went to a ROH One Worlds Collide show with them. I got uh, to meet the guy. That, yeah, he's the dude that looks like Jorge Garcia. Yeah, he's absolutely just fantastic. He's an intelligible young man as well. So uh, not only did he get to reach his goal of getting out there to be the English teacher, um, he's just got a pleasant personality and a great optimism as far as I've seen. Oh, yeah. So, Dave, if by any chance, buddy, we 
you know, we're thinking of you during this time. We miss you. We hope you're staying safe. So, Mize, you were telling me via the text message that you had picked up some literature as of late. Uh, you're about four chapters in. What can you tell us? Well, so far, it's the tale of a uh, one gentle giant, very intelligible young man, uh, aspired under a many a great names for training in the ring, uh, such like uh, both uh, Jerry and Jeff Jarrett, uh, Jerry Lawler, um, Fujiwara, uh, names from all over the globe. And he's even made comic references to one of his own images. I'm talking about Kane, um, the mayor of uh, the Knoxville County. And his book so far is just a riveting read. It's just so adventurous. He's not, you know, like dragging along with any of the bits. He's, it's just all uplifting stuff and obstacles he eventually gets over and uh, it's a really fun read you know i did not expect such an adventure to come out of this guy and he knows a lot more than you know we had let on or seen from him beforehand uh so if you ever happen to come across his uh, book mayor kane i'd i'd suggest giving it a read uh glenn jacobs tale is a very interesting one Perfect. Well, I know at least on uh, one of our shows, we will be catching up with you and keeping up on how that book is going. Oh, man, probably uh, the same as it's going now. Uh, aside from that, what else has been up? Uh, nothing a whole lot, really. Um, been really uh, making sure that I practice on, uh, you know, health and safety around me, making sure my hands are washed and sanitized, uh, wearing masks. Pardon me, wearing masks if I happen to uh, take transit at all. Um, even if I go out to places I don't normally commute to during this period, uh, it's important to stay safe, uh, important to stay healthy. Um, but still, you know, if uh, you can bend a little bit and somehow leisure yourself, then by all means, you know, uh, you may as well make the best of the situation. Uh, aside from that, really, uh, it's just been pretty much the same thing. Uh, playing video games, you know, um, you know. Playing video games. <laughs> Sounds good. So we will jump into... Uh, funny enough, you are going to want to listen to this Corey Stone interview. A uh, little behind the curtain. I recorded that before I recorded the intro here. Uh, he and us actually have a lot in common, uh, seeing as he actually is also has his toe in the music industry, as, of course, you and I do with our association with So Sick Social Club. Oh, that's a, that's a pretty good way to, you know get those jots down on the resume. I can't wait to listen to that. I can't wait to hear uh, about, you know, more just overall about Corey Stone. Uh, he's been around quite a bit in the independent scene from what I have been watching. Uh, he's really good. I can only imagine what kind of conversation he brings. Uh, speaking of the independence scene, I do want to give a shout out to our boy. He was the first Courage Pro Wrestling heavyweight champion. He is the Bone Crusher, Steve Brown. Uh, if you're if you haven't tuned into it or haven't seen it online for any reason, uh, Wheels showed up as part of the Diener camp. Absolutely, uh, all ego. Ethan Page started throwing a little conniption fit. He started tossing stuff, and uh, upon the warning given to him uh, by Cody, uh, he didn't take to it. Well, the earth trembled, and in walked wheels, and uh, he was quite irate at the fact that, you know, other people touched his stuff. You know, what I popped for was Ethan yelling, who plays with toys? As this is a man who has personally picked up a couple of those uh, foot-tall X-Men figures off of me. 
absolutely. Um, he played it rather well. It was just, it's just overall great. He is one of the most hilarious heels on televised wrestling right now. Yeah, he really he gets a lot of credit, but I don't think he gets the credit he deserves from the quote unquote dirt sheets. Um, one in particular, what culture put out their uh, best wrestlers on social media right now or some such list? And Ethan didn't even make the cut. Instead, it was like an all AEW suck fest. Well, that seems a little unfair. Oh, at least yeah, that was like eight. Yeah, I, you know, check out the list and make your own judgments. Me being the impartial two-time commentator that I am, I, I'm saying Ethan, you know, was snubbed by not being on that list. Snubbery seems to be at a high here. So with that in mind, my friend, uh, besides our DC podcast, which they can find at anchor.fm slash DC animated review, uh, link will be in the notes for this episode. Where can our CPW faithful friends find you until you and I record again? Folks, you can always find me on Twitter at Mize1987. I am the Salmon Slack intruder. Uh, and of course, you can also find me on Instagram at One Man Mize. Maybe I have a picture of my fugly face. Maybe I have a cool picture of my fugly face. Either way, you're looking at my fugly face. And uh, that's <laughs> primarily where you can find me. <laughs> Excellent, my friend. So until the next time you and I record, I want you to stay safe. All right, buddy? Absolutely. As to you and everybody, enjoy the interview with Cody Stone. All right. My guest today is one Mr. Corey Stone. How are you today, my friend? I'm pretty good. And yourself? <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Uh, so let's jump right into things, if uh, if we will. How have you been holding up during all this bullshit? Uh, yeah, pretty good, I I think, yeah. Um, just try to stay busy. Uh, I'm lucky in that uh, my my job job didn't, uh, didn't go on any kind of hiatus or anything, so I've been working from home every day. Um, but I have a ton of hobbies too that have been keeping me busy. Pl- uh, keeping me busy. Plus, um, my son—he's five, turning six tomorrow. So he—he uh, he pretty much fills the rest of my time. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Well, first sure. off, happy birthday to the boy. Thank you. Thank you. He's a uh, a huge wrestling fan, so uh, he's uh, gonna have a good time tomorrow. That's for sure. Oh, excellent! Who are who are his favorites at the moment? Um, good question. He's all over the place. Yeah, uh, he loves getting like old like books with like classic matches and modern matches and everything. So he's just interested in everybody, even guys that like I haven't even heard their name in you know ten, fifteen years. He's like, oh, what about this guy? And uh, he's he's an animal, <laughs> little student of the game already. Eh? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm sure Rip's already chomping at the bit to start training that one. Yeah, yeah he's been down to the school. He's been down to the school a couple of times and uh, run around in the ring. He always has a good time. So awesome. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned uh, some hobbies as well. Uh, besides yeah. the boy, what's keeping you busy? Uh, well, I'm a musician, so I okay. uh, recorded uh, a little uh, four-song EP that uh i was able to get the music all done for that and uh now i'm just kind of in the process of getting vocals done 
Um, so that's been pretty huge. Um, oh, I like to I like to do uh, some short filmmaking. Um, I have some courses that I'm enrolled in online for like visual art and creative writing and just just a whole bunch of stuff. I'm like teaching myself to play piano because I never played piano. I play guitar, bass, I can program drums right. and stuff, but I never played piano. So I was like, yeah, I'll give that a shot. And I don't know, man. It just whatever's what whatever's gonna pass the time, you know. Fuck, man. I feel like we should have been talking a while ago already. <laughs> I got a friend who uh, has directed films that have been on like CBC and shit. And of course, mm. anyone that knows me knows my affiliation with the group So Sick Social Club, whose newest album just dropped in April. Uh, we got some other things coming down the pike, including a new video with Jake the Snake Roberts. So, Oh, wow. That's pretty intense. <laughs> Good stuff. So. Yeah, so me and you should have been talking a while ago, yeah. it seems. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. It was that uh it was that Twitter mishap. I'm gonna blame that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's address that. Let's put that on sure. the front line so that doesn't know. Yeah. Uh I don't know how. Uh obviously I'm quite outspoken with my opinions on all aspects of life. Yeah. Uh, maybe you saw something and went to mute me or something, but for some reason, bro, you had me blocked. Yeah. I did. And you know what? Like I'm the kind of person that I'm, I'm pretty upfront too. If I block you, I'm usually not shy in saying so. So when, uh, <laughs> when, when Josh shot me a message, he's like, Hey, can you, uh, uh well, first he's like, you want to do a podcast? I'm like, sure. He's like, well, could you unblock my, uh, <laughs> my, uh, colleague? And, uh, I was like, what? And when I looked and I'm like, sure enough, I have no idea how it happened. So, Sorry for that. Hey, it's, it's no problem. I'm glad me and you have been able to touch base. Uh, it, it, it confused me the other day because I saw that, you know, Mark Shaw had responded to someone. I click on I'm like, Corey Stone has me blocked. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I have no idea, man. I have no idea. <laughs> Oh no! Maybe I said something on commentary, or maybe it's something. Uh, you know, I, I'm devoutly child child free. Maybe yeah. as a parent, you saw something and disagreed. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I I tend to remember doing stuff like that. Either way, <laughs> we uh, we're here now, and I'm glad we are. So, as a mic, it seems like we got a few things in common already. Yeah, yeah, sure does. <laughs> So uh, let's uh, get into the early days of you. Sure. Uh, what was life like growing up? Sure. So I grew up in a in a small town about a, an hour and a half uh, southwest of Hamilton. Um, the closest town, it's, it's called Tilsonburg. Um, but I lived okay. actually like 20 minutes in the country outside of Tilsonburg. Um, so pure country. You need a car to get anywhere. Um you know, 45 minute bus rides to school, that sort of stuff. So uh, it was very much co right. country living. There wasn't a whole lot to do. So yeah, just. So what, what, what kept you busy during those days then? Um, just you find a, a group of friends, circle of friends, and you just kind of, you know, hang out and do stuff. And I got lucky in that all my friends happened to like music. So we just like started jamming out and it was funny because there's there's probably like a group of like 10 or 11 of us that all played different instruments and i swear that all of us tried arranging various combinations within the group before we all kind of finally settled on our our own little 
bands and then there was like three or four bands and played together a little bit so that uh, that was that was my my main thing for a long time was music i just kind of like that was my identity you introduce yourself to someone it's like hey i play bass in a band you know that was like the thing um (laughs) wrestling was very much just a hobby um or not a hobby um just like a pastime that i would watch as a fan um and then when i was like 22 i want to say i uh i moved in with a buddy for a little bit and his neighbor happened to be a local indie wrestler who ran like training sessions at this school and so i i went out and i tried it and first day it was like okay i'm sore but this doesn't seem too bad. I went back the next day and we were doing like moves that seemed a little more advanced than I should have had on day two. I ended up right. One of the other kind of rookie guys ended up kind of spiking me a little bit. And, uh, is at that point that I'm like, all right, maybe I should just stay a fan. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, <laughs> so, uh, then I didn't revisit it for another like eight years. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah so oh, what caused like an interest to revisit it you know what i i don't really know i when i moved to hamilton i came here for school and then i got jobs out of school so i kind of stuck around um i was really into mma at the time and stuff so i started training at jocelyn's um doing kickboxing brazilian jiu-jitsu and then taking their MMA classes and stuff. And I was really loving that because like it was it was authentic and it had that athleticism. But um, like deep down, I've always been a performer at heart, whether it was with music or like um, when I went to school the first time I was 18, I went to Humber College in Toronto for acting for film and TV. And because I thought that I right. thought that that's what I wanted to do. So like performing and drama and all that stuff has always been like a huge part of my life, too. So there was none of that really in uh, in kind of the the fight game, and I was a little bit late to the party with that too. And it's a lot less forgiving of people getting into it later than wrestling, um, because like you got young guys who are just they're they're so far beyond you in skill and just have age on their side. So it's. Uh, you you have nothing that you can kind of make up for that with in in the MMA fight game. Um, so I kind of bowed out for a bit and uh, just I but I needed to do something. I needed to get going and I, I didn't know what. So I literally I'm at work one day and I just thought, I wonder if there's any pro wrestling in Hamilton. So I just Googled Hamilton pro wrestling. And obviously, Rip's school was the first thing that came up. So <laughs> I uh, I shot him a message and went out for a couple uh, training sessions. I was like, you know what? This this feels a lot better. It still had that athleticism. It still had all the, the physicality. But there was a lot more room for performance. And I figured, you know, I'm a little bit late to the party with this, too. Sure. Um, you know, most guys are starting in their early 20s or even late teens. And here I am, 30 starting for the same time but i had a base in brazilian jiu-jitsu so there's like a legit grappling base there that i could build on plus if there's if there's any area you can make up in terms of your 
overall skill level, I would say it's the performance, right? So um, if you have those chops and you can, you know, connect to the drama of it and the theater of it, then you have uh, a little bit of a leg up too. So I, uh, yeah, I just fell in love and it just never, never went away since. So again, now when you started transitioning from the, uh, the shoot fighting, the MMA jujitsu background, how did you find that athleticism helped you translate to a pro wrestling world? Huge. And I think, I think if you asked Rip, he would say the same thing. Um, you move differently. Um, one of, one of my earliest memories of actually this being a thing was, um, I did a, a Tyson Duke seminar in Barry at Barry wrestling. And, uh, we were, uh, kind of getting going. Everyone's introducing themselves and saying how long they've been doing it at the time. I'd only been training pro wrestling for eight months. And so we get going and we're into the drills and stuff. And just the way that some of the, like, I don't know how familiar we are with um, like Tyson's kind of mindset and how he loves the, the catches catch can and the, you know, the legit grappling chops that he has, but uh, he was having us run these drills. And then he's like, there's no way you've only been training eight months. He's like the way your hips move, the way you move naturally. And when I told him I had been doing jujitsu for, you know, about five years prior to that, he's like, Oh, okay. It makes sense now. Like, (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, I think Rip would tell you the same thing. Like when I, when I got training, the reason that things kind of went full speed ahead for me and were, you know, a little bit quicker than even I had expected was just because, you know, those bare bones fundamentals that people have to learn when they have no experience doing anything. Um, those weren't there. I could kind of skip ahead on that. You know, my, my headspace was already right. in a place where, oh, this guy's got me in this. I need to be fighting the hands or, you know, stuff like that. Um, fundamentals of grappling were there. So that allowed me to kind of uh, find my niche a little bit easier, I guess you could say. Uh, also with the fundamentals of the storytelling, uh, because of course we know you guys are out there. Uh, I, I like to say you guys are out there on a canvas. Mm. That's why you're fucking artists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, guys are out there, you guys are out there, you know, you're telling a physical story. My job is I'm a, as a commentator. You're out there being Mark Hamill and Han yeah. Solo. It's my job to be John Williams. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. So the way I, you know, the way you described it as, you know, guy has you in hold a you need to try fight to get the hold yeah. b that is just a fundamental of the storytelling involved as well right right and i mean wrestling at its core that's that's what it is right like i'm sure you go back to like the earliest earliest days of wrestling like even though it was a work like it the reason it was so popular and still is to this day is there's still that spark of legitimacy like it's hard to explain i think people want to think it's real (laughs) you know like they right they want that so there's there's a genuine appreciation for having those legitimate credentials you know and i'm not saying you have oh yes sorry go ahead 
Go I was saying you, you don't have to be necessarily like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt or you don't have to be like a, a world champion division one like amateur wrestler or anything. But just to have like the the knowledge of, you know, oh, OK, but he's got me in a hold, you know what should I do? Can I just grab this and reverse it? No, I probably have to get out of danger first, secure like safety for myself. And then I can reverse it type of thing. Just, it's just that, that line of thought that, yeah. But I mean, so would you say that has informed a lot of your character and development as you've grown over the years? Um, I, wow. That's a great question. I, I think it, did initially until i kind of had the light bulb moment where i started um kind of being who i am now at the shows um because it took me about two years of of training and working before i kind of started doing what i'm doing now so i would say prior to that yes um a lot of my stuff was based on you know, I'm, I'm completely confident in my abilities and, you know, I want that to show through, you know, so, but now I, I'm trying to be more of, um, a persona, I guess you could say, have more of like a, a, a character character. So I guess in the in-ring work, like the actual technicality and the, the technical wrestling and stuff, I guess it's still there a little bit, but I don't, I try not to emphasize it as much as maybe I did in the early days. Okay. And you mentioned how you're trying to work on more of the in-ring persona. Uh, I personally can speak to how being on stage with, you know, musicians, Mm -hmm. how being on that music stage, feeling that energy from the Mm -hmm. crowd and creating that stage persona can translate into other aspects. Do you find being a musician also helps influence your entertainment side? Uh, Yes. And the biggest way that I would say that that does is just um, the actual connection with the audience. Um, I know I'm, I'm always tempted when, when I go out for a match or, or whatever to, uh, you know, kind of see, through the audience like you you got those moments where you need to look out over the crowd or anything but you're not really looking at anyone you're just kind of staring through the audience and excuse me sort of existing in your own bubble while while it's going on but um when you're a musician like your your eye contact can be the difference of someone headbanging to your music or someone buying your cd later or whatever you know so like you you have that instilled so that kind of comes across um in the wrestling too and comes pretty naturally to me as well so that i'm actually like looking at people in the crowd as opposed to just kind of staring through the crowd now do you have any favorite uh crowd tricks that you like to personally use um for people that don't understand the question uh one of my favorite stories is with uh we were doing a show at i believe the opera house with so sick social club and i want to say tech nine is the headliner mm-hmm. there was this one girl about four rows back that just wasn't reacting to right. anything so i went still for about a track and a half and i did nothing but stare into this bitch's <laughs> eyes until she had no reaction 
choice but to react to what that's, was going that's on. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't unheard of to uh, to point out the uh, the kind of uh, lazy person or or boring person in the crowd and <laughs> kind of be like, "Well, you don't like music? <laughs> Do you not like music? Uh, I mean, you're at a show. You, you exactly. came to this concert. I, I figured you would have come to a concert because you liked music." <laughs> just stuff like that you know but uh in terms of wrestling no i i don't have i don't have any tricks man i have i have so much to learn like i'm 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 just a a, a work in progress non-stop so i i wouldn't say i've i've mastered any tricks in- or anything and quite the work indeed, because uh, we'll get into the, your CPW background. Sorry, my wife just did a hit of her bowl, and she's coughing away in the yeah, background. No problem, man. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get into the, your CPW history in sure. just a second. Obviously, coming from Rip School, you've got uh, your HPW yeah. history. What would you see? Where what would you say really stands out about your uh, outside of Courage Pro Life? Um, like from a wrestling standpoint, you mean? anything from a story from a storyline that you really enjoy being a part of from matches that really oh, okay. stick out as if you're gonna look me up hit up this match yeah yeah um well uh i'll start from the beginning i i obviously started at hpw and uh you know the the low-hanging fruit in terms of a good story there is the uh the 441 days as uh hpw champion um before losing it uh, a few months back december um but no i it's gonna sound weird but my one of my favorite stories because it was such a slow burn was um the first event hpw event i uh i wrestled in a raw raw excuse me wow uh in a rumble (laughs) and i was first entrant and i was in the final two with uh, Adam Grimm. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a trainee at. Of course. Yeah. Adam, yeah, Adam has been through. Uh, he worked actually, I believe my first courage pro event. He was in one okay. of the first matches. Okay. So yeah, um, we had, we had a thing and like we uh, did a little bit because we were the last two. So we put together a little sequence and ended up with uh, me kind of eliminating myself and him getting the win. And uh so I believe it was like a year later, maybe like a year and a half later, I had an opportunity to uh, be, what was it? How'd that go? I I think it was right after I won the championship. I, I came out and I did the whole, uh, you know, I won the title. You guys don't respect me. I'm not going to defend it. I'm going to take the night off, blah, blah, blah. And of course, Rip comes out and he's like, yeah, okay, you don't have to defend it, but you're not taking the night off. You got competition. And it was Adam Grimm. And I love that so much because to that at that point, he was the only blemish on my HPW kind of resume that I hadn't avenged. Um, I had had one other loss at that time um, to Dylan Daniels, which I had won in the rematch. And so, like, from a story perspective, it was like, here's the one blemish from my very first event that, like, I wasn't even wrestling as Corey Stone. But for me, it, it still was, uh, you know, a thing that, like, 
we can come back to this a year and a half later and have this match and you know it just it was it was kind of cool so uh, that is uh you know uh you you want to use some metaphors you know the black widow had red in her ledger to uh wipe out yeah. that was your red that you were able to yeah, overcome yeah. so um in terms of HPW, you know, there was that story. There was my my uh, series of matches with Dylan Daniels. And then there was obviously the last kind of uh, trilogy with Mike Forte, which were probably the highlights of my HPW. But if I were to say just in, in wrestling in general, um, my, my favorite match, my favorite moment of all time was um, we put on a, a Smash Wrestling show in my hometown of Tilsonburg. And I was permitted to headline that against uh, Tyson Dukes. We went about 20 minutes and that guy taught me more in that 20 minutes of wrestling than I I think I would have learned from anyone else in any amount of matches. Like it was just unbelievable. <laughs> like you, you hear people say how good that guy is, but until you're in the ring with them, you don't know how good that guy is. He's phenomenal, man right but yeah so nothing but respect for that that's probably my favorite my favorite moment in wrestling just and it's just the circumstances too it's main event it's hometown crowd i have people behind me and so like you know the place is electric and you know tyson's taking me to school and it's just it was just a great time Oh yeah, and, and Smash, you know that's nothing to sneeze at either they're uh, a pretty top tier yeah, group of guys it's, it's excellent it's an excellent promotion, I think. Um, I'm I'm really fond of the the crew and the the roster is great and yeah, nothing but good things to say about them. For sure. And also to be able to carve out a niche in Toronto, which you know, anyone that knows the Ontario scene knows that Toronto is the hotbed with between them and you got Lucha T.O., uh, Demand Lucha, and you got Greek Town, mm-hmm. just to name a couple. Uh, it's a hotbed of a market, much like Hamilton yeah, can be. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So besides, you know, we've talked a little about Smash. We've talked a little about uh, HPW. I know you've worked uh, a little for PWO yep. as well. Yep. I'm, I'm uh, currently uh, one third of the Pro Wrestling Ontario Trios Champions with Mark Shaw and Aiden Rain. So it's a pretty good time. Of course. And, and, you know, they've made their impacts uh, on Courage Pro, especially at this right. past Rumble, which I was Mark Shaw tossing my Which ass I was also in. And it was, of course, and we will get to that in chronological order as well. Um, just a little aside, it was quite interesting to uh, to be with both those guys in that setting and not throw back to uh, our our trios relationship, which I believe we had just defended our titles the night before. <laughs> so it was um, <laughs> it was it was quite a quite a fun time. I had a blast at that show actually. So let's talk about a little bit about your Courage Pro history. Now, the first time I can remember seeing you coming through those CPW curtains uh, was your match against mm-hmm. Evan Greenaway. Yep. yep. Um, let me think. I, I, there have not been very many um, appearances at Courage Pro, and I am trying to remember the exact chronological order of them. Um, 
Yeah, this was October of, I want to say, 2018. Okay, so that, yeah, that might have been the first one then. Um, and for me and Evan, that was probably the fourth or fifth time we had wrestled. So um, anytime I can get in there with Evan, I'm, I'm happy to. He's, uh, he's outstanding. So, but yeah. We do have a little bit. It's become a bit of a running joke on uh, on this show. Different guests have, br- have brought mm-hmm. up Evan Greenaway. Uh, and of course, uh, I like to say Evan's big timing <laughs> me. We've only, we've spoken, I've mentioned to him that I want him yep. on this show. But he didn't respond to me now. And it's been about a month of back and forth of me trying to get him on this very broadcast. Um, Management has been on to call him out. Fans (laughs) have been out on our sideshow to call him out. Uh, What words would you have for Evan Greenaway to get him to sit down and do a podcast Uh, with him? Just do it, man. But but in terms of the uh, the getting ghosted, that's that's not a you thing. That's an Evan thing. That happens to all of us. So, <laughs> of course, you know you brought up the the latest Rumble where he had the controversial ending with the night yeah, train. Was... Just insane. I've even booked Justin to come on in this show on the show in the future to talk about the finish and even to call yeah. him out personally good. to come good. on the that's show. Good plan. Yeah, that was an outstanding finish. I I was really happy with that. I I didn't see it the day of. I only saw it when uh, it went up on YouTube. The the rumble went up on YouTube uh, a couple months ago, and uh, or was it a month ago? Anyways, it, whenever it went up on YouTube, I watched it that day, and I was like, "Oh, that finish was actually pretty great." So. It was a shoot finish, my oh, friend. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. But yeah, that was so my. <laughs> just back to. Um, the the appearances yeah. encouraged there was there was the greenaway there you went on to a there was a greenaway yeah. match and then yes there was the triple threat with uh mark wheeler and kobe durst which that's that's durst, definitely yes. that's way up there in my uh my f- list of favorite matches got to be in my top five uh probably top three uh, so there was that one, and then the, yeah, there's been two rumbles, I think, and I, I. That's right. And there was all there was another one in. Uh, there was a something, a little something in between. Okay. We're going to talk about. So let's go on to that triple threat match. Let's talk about because you know Kobe Durst obviously uh, won that match and went on to become yep. CPW champion. Mark Wheeler is, of course, Mark Wheeler, the uh, Alpha One yep. World Champion right now. So you're in there with some pretty and, and I felt company. every second of uh, that. I like to call you the sleeper. Oh no, you're the you're the sleeper star of CPW, waiting for that one or two big wins to uh, really break through that glass. Uh, what was it like being in with uh, those uh, two gentlemen? Well, especially at that time, I've I've been lucky enough to have kind of mix it up with them a little bit since then. But that was the first time that I'd been in the ring with either of those guys. And at the time that was, they were like bucket list opponents for me. Like I, I desperately wanted to face one or both of them um, at any point in time because I had seen their work rate and I was just such a huge fan. Um, So to be given that chance, I, (laughs) My my first thought when I was told about the match was that I was in over my head. 
and uh i felt that all that day and like the whole time we're we're putting the match together and both guys are just like you you're gonna be fine man just settle down just settle down and in my head i'm like this is like huge for me right now like i i I didn't feel it in the sense of like this is huge for my career or anything like that i felt no this is huge for me i i am a fan of these guys i not only I'm like freaking out because these are guys that I watch work and, and, you know, I'm a fan of, but I'm also, I, I don't want to shit the bed. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm getting in there with two studs and I don't want to be the weak link of the match, you know? So it was, uh, it was nerve wracking, but it was amazing. And I had a great time. So no complaints from me. You know, uh, you know, uh, on a shoot level, Josh once told me uh, that he doesn't put guys in an opportunity that he doesn't think they can handle. Uh, Justin's told me the same thing. So if that says anything about where you're at, my friend, you know, know that it, as yeah, it's a boost of an opportunity more than it is as a challenge to yeah, your ability. Yeah, well, I ability. appreciate that. That means a lot. So from there, we did have you in the first Hamilton right. Heritage Rumble, uh, which was mm-hmm. won by Eze. Uh, what was it like going into the so Rumble? So I, I had a lot of fun in that one. Um, I didn't really know what was going to happen. It it wasn't one of the. I know what what I noticed about the most recent Rumble is it seemed to be agented a little more strictly. Um, the, the heritage rumble was, right. it, we, we had our, our entrance order and, and stuff like that. But in terms of like, who was going to do what with who it wasn't really kind of hashed out, which is not a bad thing either. Um, so, but just by default, I ended up basically grabbing rip and just like, we just beat the snot out of each other for like 15 minutes until I got eliminated. And, uh, Yeah. So it, it was a great time because, you know, you want to have chemistry with people where you can just go and you don't have to have anything kind of called in the back. You can just go and on the fly, just have fun and, you know, still have it be compelling. And I I felt like Rip and I kind of we had a little sub story within the story there, which was kind of fun. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, especially if you can get that kind of chemistry with someone and bring it into different uh, territories, yeah. as it were. It really helps the I overall agree. presentation. So from there, of course, you took a little bit of a hiatus mm-hmm. from CPW. Uh, what were you up to and where did your travels bring you? Between uh, the so mostly it was just scheduling conflicts. Um there was there was a couple occasions where there was a CPW show that um, I just went to as a fan because my friends were working or whatever. But most of the time for most events, I was either booked somewhere else that same day or couldn't make it for whatever reason. And, you know, it, there wasn't a lot going on. I was also kind of, I don't know, I wasn't in a good place mentally, I would say. I had a, had a lot on my plate and kind of went about things with this attitude that I'm going to, I'm going to try to cut back. I'm going to just, you know, stick to like two or three promotions and just, you know, if that's all I do, I'm okay with that type of thing. And I, 
I don't know. I don't know if that fed into the the kind of shitty mental state I was in or if it was vice versa, the mental state fed into that or whatever, but either way, it wasn't it wasn't that great. And uh if there's anything uh being forced to kind of slow down in this quarantine has done, it has kind of put things into perspective and made me realize that, you know, the way I was kind of going about things and the way I was sort of doing my business was, was kind of not the best that I could have been doing. And, uh, you know, so with any luck, um, that'll, that'll change moving forward. But, uh, but yeah, I was, I, I was working, but not, you know, anywhere near, as much or whatever as I would have liked to have been. But actually right. it was funny. I, I had forgotten it had been so long since I had spoken to anybody from CPW management in any capacity about working that it threw me for a loop. I was at pro wrestling Ontario the day before that rumble. And I, I knew I was booked for that rumble. Like I had in my calendar, but I hadn't like thought about it in so long that like when Bill came up to me at PWO and he, or no, it wasn't Bill. Never mind. Sorry. Who? Um, it was uh, Mac who came up to me actually and was like, "So are you excited for tomorrow?" And I'm like, "Right, tomorrow." And I just completely blanked for a sec. He's like, "Yeah, you're doing the Rumble." I'm like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am." <laughs> but it took me a second. I was like, "Oh man," but. Uh, you know, we we move on from there, and uh, you know, I'm I'm glad it happened the way it happened, and was able to come out and have a great time in that rumble, and you know, a good amount of time too. I was I was thrilled with that when I got back and I saw when I was entering and when I was eliminated. I was like, oh, that's that's a decent amount of time. You know, I'm I'm happy with that. So, yeah. <laughs> No, you did uh, mention earlier on about the C, uh, the PWO trios champions, as yeah. it were, the six-man tags. Your partners were in there. Uh, well, at least one of them was officially entered, uh, entered the man <laughs> that threw my ass out. Uh, what was it like staring across the ring from someone that you have that kind of a partnership well, connection with at the time? It's interesting because um, at Pro Wrestling Ontario, I haven't, I haven't kind of been solo Corey Stone, like in the same context that I am, excuse me, when I work other promotions, right? Like um, I kind of have my character that I'm doing with my promos and with my, you know, kind of persona a little bit. But with PWO, I haven't got there yet. I'm, I'm in this trio. So it's almost like a, like a culture shock. And, uh, getting there i was like i don't know what cpw's plans are or anything so like do i play this up do i pretend it doesn't exist do i you know pretend that this iteration of Corey stone this character isn't affiliated with mark shaw naden rain in any way you know like it was just it was kind of funny so uh but yeah that's a good time I, I think if they, if they Josh would allow it, uh, they did bring out their halves of the six-man yeah, titles yeah. with them. Well, so, I uh, I realized too li- too little too late that uh, 
that that was going to be happening but uh yeah it was it was fun i mean anytime i can get in there with those guys it's it's a good time i like both those guys and uh i always have a ball when we're out there so So how would you describe your character to someone who perhaps sure. isn't familiar with um, it? You could think like your creepy neighbor, maybe creepy dad. Um, think like, um, you know, Tom Stahl from history of violence meets Arthur Mitchell from Dexter and with a splash of Tony Robbins for motivation, you know, <laughs> like it's, Damn, an Arthur Mitchell reference from Dexter. That is not yeah, what I saw so. coming. It's kind of, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm still, house, so. I, I think I'm still trying to kind of like perfect it and find my niche and find exactly, uh, exactly the right direction. I've had some, uh, some hiccups in the form of uh, other more prolific wrestlers kind of, doing similar things um which has forced forced me to kind of reevaluate right. um now we're seeing um sam shaw is getting a lot more time well dexter loomis sorry and nxt is getting a lot more time on tv now and uh, yeah. so that's kind of forcing me to reevaluate and step back from kind of going full-blown into that aspect of the character and then on the other side of the coin the dad side of the coin you have a uh, excellent wrestler dan the dad who's just killing that thing way better than way better than I ever could. Oh, yeah. So that is kind of forcing me kind of to reevaluate that portion of it. So now I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm just trying to find the, the mix that's going to work. And uh, yeah, so we'll see. Which brings me into the next sure. question I've got written down here. Uh, what do you see as the next step for your character's oh, evolution? I wish I knew that, man that's that's the question that's been Were you, are you looking at anything for inspiration uh, yeah a little bit um i just finished watching this show on uh, netflix called bloodline and uh the main character from that kind of kind of sparked some interest in in what i was doing there's also this uh this show on i think i saw it on global i'm not sure the network it originally aired on but it's called prodigal son and uh it's about a like a cop whose dad is in jail. He's a serial killer, and he's got this. Uh, I don't know. So, I don't know. Trying to get stuff from that, but also just keeping my eyes and ears open for inspiration wherever I can find it. Really. <laughs> well, hey, that, that's what it's got to be, right? You never know where inspiration yeah. can strike at any time. So, gotta be ready to. So with that, uh, let's sure. plug the music. Is there anywhere people can find your music uh, yeah. online? So we're on Spotify. The band is called uh, Blacktop Recess. Um, the album was called Second Wind, and it was released in like 2012. That's currently the only thing I have available to listen to. My my current stuff will not be out for a while. I have to uh, get it done, but I assure you uh, the information will no doubt be affiliated with one of my social media channels as soon as it's ready to go. Perfect. And uh, it allows me to put like 30 seconds of a song clip for our anchor listeners. What song would you um, recommend? 
Well, I used to do uh, my promos before I started doing what I'm doing now. I used to do my promos in kind of the form of like a kind of a news broadcast type of thing. Uh, it was a segment called Throwing Stones with Corey Stone. Right. And uh, I used a clip from one of our songs for the intro of that. So it might be a nice little throwback to do that. The song was called uh, Sins of Our Fathers. It's it's up there. And when we're done with this, I can actually set, probably send you the track if you wanted. <laughs> so. Oh, perfect. So, yeah, we'll add that. If you're listening on Anchor, you can hear the first 30 seconds of that. Uh, If you're listening on Spotify, just look up the entire album and add it to your playlist, motherfuckers. I appreciate (laughs) it. Gotta give you them plugs, my friend. Speaking of, where can Uh, everybody find you? My YouTube channel, the easiest way to get there is uh, coreystone.ca. We'll route you there. I'm on Twitter at underscore Corey Stone and on Instagram at CoreyStone.ca. Perfect. And is there anything you want to say to the people before Uh, we let you go? I think we covered all the bases, man. You're a pretty thorough uh, podcast host. I I wasn't expecting. um, I wasn't wasn't expecting to be so. so forthcoming in some of my answers, but it must have been the way you asked the questions. So, yeah, you know, I try. Uh, you know, I have a little tradition before every episode: have a little drink, do a little bong toke, do line face, lemon Attaboy. face from Jay and Silent Bob. You know, <laughs> love it. <laughs> and sure. I do have one question: okay. all the listeners want to know. We ask it to every guest. Sometimes it gets controversial, so feel free to, right. uh, you know, get dark with this one. Is a hot dog considered a sandwich? By the strictest definition, it is a sandwich. Yes, it is. Boom. There you have it, folks. Mr. Stone himself has said it is a sandwich. Corey, buddy, it's been awesome, yeah, you know, getting to know you a little bit, being able to <laughs> which, bury our Which I, I didn't even know there and, was you know, one, but up. I guess there was. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, fuck, fuck, dude. I look forward too, to man. seeing you in the future. Looking forward to Thank hearing you. this new music project and looking forward I to checking out some it, of your stuff now. This is a good time it is well hey thank you very much for joining us on the courage pro podcast you too and stay safe my friend do you like horror sci-fi superheroes comics and adventure sunsetcrypt.com has you covered with reviews and articles two associated podcasts hot damn Topics on a ton of bullshit and all geekery grounds with Crypt Keepers Curtis Sturrock, Steve Brown, and Jeff Smith. SunsetCrypt.com. Only the reader knows what awaits them. So that will do it for this week's episode of the Courage Pro Wrestling Podcast. I want to thank, of course, my guest, Corey Stone, for coming on. Uh squashed any invisible beef that was there we talked a lot found out we have a few things in common uh even outside the wrestling world want to thank my boy the mize for helping me with the intro this week we didn't do a courage pro wrestling faithful you know the pro wrestling world is kind of heavy this week thought we would take a day off give ourselves a mental break 
Uh, so I want to thank Mize for helping me out with the intro. Of course, you can check out Mize and I on Courage Pro Wrestling Faithful on Tuesdays where we talk to you, the fans. Uh, if you want to be on, if you want to be on the show yourself, hit us up. Let me know. I will be more than happy to have anybody on CPW Faithful just so we can get to know each other. Also, if you like to hear Mize and I, you can check out our DC Comics animated review feature podcast. Last week, we did the Flash uh, Flashpoint Paradox. This week, we're doing Justice League War. I just finished. I have 10 pages of notes for that. That'll be dropping Saturday, 4.20 p.m. Uh, anchor.com slash FM slash... Sorry, anchor.com slash... Anchor.fm slash DC Animated Review. I'm so used to every website having a .com that it's just an instinct to throw it on there these days. While you're checking out things online, check out my boy's Empire. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Empire Tag Team. Grab yourself a t-shirt. Let them know what's up. Uh, they're republishing the podcast video chat we did on their YouTube channel this week. Uh, that was a great time. Probably the only time I'll do a video, live video podcast, vlogcast, interview thing. I don't got a very interesting background behind me. And what I do have isn't very well lit. I got my Funko shelf, Batman 66, got the CW Justice League figures, and of course my Green Lantern shelf. Anyone who's seen my Twitter page knows how much I love my Green Lantern shelf. Uh, I am planning on finishing that up, hopefully this year. There's only about eight lanterns that I don't have. They are the black and white lanterns. Hey, if anyone wants to pick one up for me, of course I'd be open to that. Just hit me up. But, uh, of course, I will hopefully have that finished by the end of this year. While we're picking things up online... After you check out Empire, i got to give that shout-out again to our boy Steve Brown. Showed up on Impact Wrestling as Wheels this week. Uh, great segment. Love that the North is spotlighting all these independent pro wrestlers from Ontario that they can help use to make these segments great. So check out Steve Brown shop at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonecrusher. Support Steve, our first ever... Courage Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. He literally is the juggernaut of CPW. Once he gets moving, he will not stop until he has run you over. He is also, as I've said on commentary, the doomsday of Courage Pro Wrestling. You can defeat him once, one way. But he will learn from that. Come back stronger. And just destroy you. On that note... I do want to say that next week's guest is going to be one half of Gutter Trash. That right, that's right. Scumbag Yates will be joining me on the Courage Pro Wrestling podcast. So, folks, until next time we speak, until the next time you hear my voice, you got to do me that favor. You got to wash your hands, wear your mask, social distance. Stay safe, but most importantly, I need you to stay motherfucking mentally sick.